So this is the first episode of the podcast that has yet to be named. The purpose of this podcast is to sort of touch upon different stories and news within the within the boxing world and martial arts and combat and everything kind of in between. I think you mentioned you want to throw in some life, maybe a little. We'll throw in some life advice yeah. as well. Excellent. I guess as a sort of um, intro starting point, I guess me and P are both or party. I call him P are both. Um, employees of Boxra, which is a sort of leading uh, boxing and sports equipment company, obviously for the boxing lifestyle. Uh, P is the partnerships director and I am myself at run or act as head of paid media for the company. And I think the first subject that we kind of wanted to go into was uh, Canelo versus Triple G and the rematch that's going to happen, or sorry, the trilogy um, that's going to happen in that, in that match. Um, P, yeah, your early thoughts? Early thoughts, Canelo to win by stoppage. I think if you speak to anyone in boxing or anyone who's got some sort of interest in the fight, that's where everyone's going. Not to take away from Triple G. Um, obviously, he's old now. A long time since he last fought. He's 40. Looking at his previous performances that he's had now, so Morata, he took a lot of body punishment in that, which I think Canelo's going to look to exploit. Yeah. As you get older, obviously, your body becomes more susceptible to them big shots. Sure. Uh, his other fight against Devonchenko. Again, UD looked okay in the fight, but I think his age has started to like really show now and maybe take a toll on him as well. Yeah. I think he's had some issues with trainers, leaving trainers and I think what in what's surprised me is to be honest, even that the fight even got made to be honest. Because if you if you'd asked me a year ago, for example, and say, hey does Triple G because there was a after the second match there was already talk of the trilogy and you know should Canel go back and do another one and it was kind of, it seemed like Canelo had kind of moved on onto all these other things, right? Moving up in weight classes, even moving up to the likes of light, light heavyweight, um, and then doing undisputed. So it seems like, okay, well, he's just, he's, just, he's just gone on a different path now, and Triple G won't be able to catch up because he's kind of past it now. But now that fight has been made. So a year ago, I would have said, no, no chance Triple G gets, the, gets another shot at Canelo. But now here we are, right? So it's funny, I think, how the fight even got made. So I'm interested to also understand what are Canelo's motivations for even going into the fight, given that he's just coming off a loss. Is he kind of looking to bag a quick win? I'm not sure if Triple G is a quick win. Uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun there. Yeah. It's a good point. I think, obviously, had he not lost to Bivol... Yeah, I don't think that fight gets made if he doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't 100%. Yeah. He maybe looks at undisputed at 175. Mm. Goes on that route. I think, yeah, it could just be a confidence builder for, uh, for Canelo... Fighting Triple G, I think he's going to be very motivated in training camp because there's that needle there. He doesn't like Triple G, sure. which is one of the reasons why I think the fight didn't get made for so yeah. long is because Canelo didn't want to give Triple G this big payday. Away from Canelo, who is Triple G going to fight? Yeah, yeah. He, he's had all these. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, no he's fought Devonchenko, a guy whose name I can't even pronounce. And then, he doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Kamel. There's a matter and then Murata, obviously. But again, Devin Tranko and Murata are both good fighters. Is that, is that it? Is that it? only three And then fights? Steve Rolls. Oh, yeah. That's not a lot, man. I mean, if you compare that to the activity of Canelo, I think he's had... So if he's had four fights since fighting Canelo... Look at him, man. That's, that's yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... So running through them, Rocky Fielding, nothing fight battered him. Daniel yeah. Jacobs, great fight. Yeah. Canelo looked him. crazy in that fight. Kovalev, Yeah. Well, hard fight for Canelo in, t- in terms of he was taking a, yeah. a few shots. But we're probably losing. 
Cal but, Smith smoked. Yeah. Vini that smoked. I don't even know that guy's name. Yildrim, yeah, yeah, smoked him. Saunders, amazing performance. Caleb, I mean, yeah. Another great performance. Saunders boxed well as well while he was in the but fight. The, I think the point here is that it's almost like Canelo has almost twice the amount of fights, twice the amount of, twice the amount of fights um, between the last GGG, GGG fight than Triple G has himself, right? And talk, the quality of opponents. You're, the taking, quality you're talking opponents, eight versus four opponents, I think. Yeah. I mean, and the quality of opponents as well, I think, is the biggest thing. Yeah. Like Daniel Jacobs, Kovalev, Callum Smith, Billy J. Saunders, Caleb Plant, and then Bivol as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also the way, I, the way I've seen it sometimes in terms of when you see these like trilogies and rematches happen between two boxers. Um, what I think is critical, or what I normally think when I go into these, is that it's normally the tech, the, mo- the more technical of the boxers is normally the one who wins down the line because they're able to make more adjustments. Right, someone who's very reliant on one style, someone who's very reliant on their physical attributes, isn't able to make adjustments as much as a technical boxer is, who's a very high boxing IQ, who's able to make sort of say, "Oh, I need to, I need to adjust my game here to beat this guy." Right. Agree. Agree. So. What seemed to happen in the first match with Canelo Triple G was that, you know, Canelo tried to use yeah, his who, boxing. Who won the first fight? Well, I'd say Triple G won the I first agree, fight. I agree. But, you know, maybe that's another subject entirely. But he tried to use his boxing, tried that's to stay on the two outside. Then. We'll touch on that yes, in episode two. Exactly. So he tried to use his boxing, stay on the outside, try to you know kind of outbox him in that sense, and Triple G just glued onto him, right? Yeah. Whereas the adjustment that was made on the second second fight was Triple G said, "Let me just do what I do," which is his only style that he has but Canelo said fuck you I'm going to fight fire with fire yeah, yeah. and stood in the middle and stand him, stood and banged with him and Canelo won the second fight exactly. so you're able to see that the, the I don't want to say the smarter boxer because I don't want to say that necessarily Canelo's a smarter boxer than Triple G but the more technical attuned fighter will normally in rematches and trilogies normally win down the line we'll f- yeah we'll fare better down the yeah. line agree not to say Triple G's not technical because he's sick. He is, yeah. Um, I mean, Olympic silver medalist. Sometimes that goes a little bit under the radar, I think, for most people because of the way that he fights. It's like Mexico. So it's a caveat. Completely yeah. different. But only because on what you touched there with the rematches. Where yeah. do you see AJ Usyk in a rematch? Because Ooh. Usyk's obviously the more technical boxer. Yeah. But I, I, I really feel like AJ's got a chance in a rematch. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's, it's, here it becomes as... I, I think the first match was completely off to me. I, I don't quite understand. Uh, well, you know, listen, I'm not... I'm not in this camp, I'm not with him, so I don't really know. So it's hard for me to say, hey, why didn't you do this? But it seems, it seems that AJ kind of went out into that fight to prove a point that he could box, because a lot of people sometimes... But he's been him. doing that, he's been doing yeah. that recently, yeah. in a lot of fights. And they, they, you know, people sometimes say, oh, you're only a bodybuilder who boxes. He's like, no, I can't box. And then almost kind of playing into the haters, and then that gets his head, he felt like he needed to prove something to people, right? Which is almost like a... Which, which, will, get, which, will, which will get you fucked up. Yeah, which will get you fucked up, right? thinking like that and acting like that like that's not good um, and then he, he paid the price for it man. Like he went he went he played a chess match like a technical chess match with one of the best pound for pound boxers in the sport which was Usyk at the time and, and, and then he came up short right whereas what he should have been doing was well, what, what he says he's going to do now which is you know get on top of him use your strength use your size bully him and it's possible I mean it's, it's, it's if you can sort of replicate it down it's like what uh, Loma went through with um, is it Salido? Salido in the yeah. second fight you can't replicate that down possible, into yeah. weight classes of them they're smaller Loma the technical genius that he is and just get roughed up by a like a sort of yeah. rough and tough fighter but Loma in that fight possible. towards the end of the fight you saw Loma make, make adjustments where he realised what was happening and I'd bet and, and I'd if bet. he had another round he would have stopped Salido 
number one, yes, you're right. And then two, I bet if they had a rematch, I bet Lola yeah, yeah, would have yeah, made yeah, yeah. significant adjustments yeah, to make sure that wouldn't early. happen again. So it seems to me that uh, should AJ come out guns blazing, and then listen, it's not a secret that you know everyone knows. Oh, you know everyone knows what AJ has to do to beat Usyk. So obviously Usyk's team saying, okay, we we know he's not going to come out the same way now. Again, the more technical fighter is able to adjust his game to what's going to come to come his way, right? Yeah. So therefore, Usyk yeah, yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usyk knows this change in game plan that's going to come from AJ, mm. right? So they're going to obviously adjust necessarily as well, as necessary as well. Yeah, so, everyone's talking about what AJ can do and how AJ wins a fight, but no one is talking about the adjustments Usyk's going to make. Then it's, I mean, it's yeah, not a secret yeah. that he's going to come out that he's going to come out for, for a rough yeah, and tough yeah, fight yeah. Usyk knows that so they're going to prepare for that I mean that's at least that's how I see it so I, I see I see Usyk actually winning again to be honest um, I, I if I had to put if you had to put your life on it I'd probably go with Usyk yeah, yeah. 100% but I do think AJ's got a better chance in this fight and I do hope sure. I want to see the Fury AJ fight has, because it's the biggest fight ever has he changed camps now I, I don't even who? know who AJ he's with Garcia and Robert Garcia yeah interesting which again is a it's good and bad right it's good because Robert Garcia is a great coach mm-hmm. great coach and I think he's great for the style that AJ needs going into the fight but to change coach and I was having this conversation with Bendy today to change coach so close to the biggest fight of your career and this is AJ's biggest fight of his career he's got, he's got the most pressure on him ever yeah. anyone's ever fucking had um, <clears throat> he's got this new DAZN deal this is his last fight on Sky Sports Box Office yep. as far as we know he's got this Big new fucking DAZN contract. That's all riding on him. DAZN are really banking on him. Mm. <clears throat> he loses now against Usyk. Oh, he's done, yeah. Well, he ain't done, yeah. but he's going to have to do a lot of building up. And will he ever become that star that he is now again? I don't think so. Yeah. Even now, like... And it's horrible to see because it's the way boxing is. But even now, half of his fan base from before <clears throat> have already turned on him. Like everyone who loved AJ before now, a lot of people are like... Yeah. Not clever to it because it's the wrong thing to say, but. I'm an AJ fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to there, everyone's now like, oh, AJ is too commercial, AJ is too mainstream. And because he's lost. They, yeah. he's, he's had a lot of people turn on him. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him come back, and I, I, I think he probably. Well, I think he can. Yeah, I think the more. Yeah, I mean, the funner fight of the two is Fury AJ, I think. That's the, that's the funner fight. Funner, funner fight, sense. funner build up. The build up will be fun. Be Press conferences, you have some more moments. It's massive. Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren, are you crazy? Yeah, it's massive for UK boxing. Um, Bob Aaron will be involved. Everyone, yeah. it's going to be the We Hate Fucking Eddie Hearn show. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, yeah, who's saying just going to step out of the way, is he? I mean, so it's, 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 an, it's an interesting sort of um, narrative that has to unfold, I think. And I, I don't, I mean, I, I reckon what will probably happen is whoever wins of the two, then. Fury will then announce his comeback and then they'll probably make one more fight for that. And then I don't think he comes back for Usyk. Oh yeah, you don't. Th- oh, yeah. I don't think so. It's a big fight, but it's, it's not the AJ fight. When, when you've had that that hundred million AJ fight dangled in front of you or whatever they're fucking gonna earn. Yeah. And then you've got uh, the Usyk fight, which is a fucking hard fight for for Fury as well. Is he gonna get out of bed for it? Yeah. Probably not. Exactly. It's probably like, yeah, I'm done. I think he gets out of bed now for AJ or some crazy fucking exhibition. Yeah. Fights yeah. Mayweather on a helipad in mm. Dubai or some shit. <laughs> Imagine. Um, I guess the next, well, I guess to, to move on to another fight would be what you were talking about earlier was Conor Ben versus Chris Eubank. Chris Junior. Eubank, yeah, yeah. My first, I guess, sort of question or I guess topic to bring up within that within that subject would be addressing the sort of the differences in weight classes there. Yeah, the weight class is crazy. So I'm sure 
everyone knows who's listening, but if you don't know, Conor Ben fights don't at welterweight. Now you know. <laughs> Bitches. <Sorry. But> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Conor Ben fights at 147, welterweight. Yes. Um, Eubank spent most of his life campaigning at middleweight, but then moved up to super middleweight in search of sort of big fights. Um, won an IBO world title. Maybe you call that a world title or not, is another topic. Maybe we'll address it in a later podcast. Um, but obviously their dads had one of the greatest sort of British rivalries of all time, Nigel Benn and Chris Eubank Sr., or just Chris Eubank. Mm-hmm. Um, and now their sons have always had a little bit of needle, actually, um, just because obviously who their dads are. Of course. Of course. Um, and they fought on the same card a good few years ago, and, not, and uh, Chris Eubank tried to give Conor Benn advice on stage. About his, oh. about his lifestyle outside of boxing, about his friends, I believe, and sort oh, of okay. the, the crowd he hangs around with. And uh, Connor didn't take too kindly to that, and they had words on stage. Nice. Um, I think he mentioned his dad as well. But yeah, so they had words on stage. So there's always been a little bit of animosity there, I mm. think. Um, after Chris Eubank's fight, Chris Eubank Jr.'s fight recently, Connor Ben, I think someone said it on TV, and Connor Ben tweeted it. I'd take. Eubank at a catchweight mm. and I remember it I remember it. I was sitting there with Ben we was watching the fight and I texted Conor Ben when he said it and I was like I can't even remember what I said and he was like can you imagine if we get this fight and I was like yo that's crazy fast yeah. forward to now it's pretty much signed sealed delivered from what everyone's saying obviously Conor Ben came out and denied it recently but I think it's done yeah they're fighting at a catchweight of 156 what, yeah I mean the what's interesting though I think in terms of the weight class difference I mean I, I assume that Chris Eubank might have a little bit of a sort of say strength advantage maybe in terms of muscle mass but Conor Ben's quite tall he wouldn't really have a weight it wouldn't be a height advantage that he has despite the weight difference because Conor's quite tall I think right he's able to let's, let's have a look let's have a look yeah I think there's a little we are looking up the uh, height difference between uh, Nigel Ben and Chris Eubank. Conor Ben Conor Ben and so 5'8 and I think Chris Eubank's a little bit taller than him to be fair is he Five eleven, five eight and a half. So like, not too far to be fair. Yeah, something manageable. How about me and you? Yeah, oh me, I'm a tower over you, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more like five five. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, okay. So yeah, there is a bit of a difference there. Okay, fine. But I yeah. think, go on. I mean, Chris Eubank also has legitimate world class um, experience under his belt compared to Connor. Yeah, Connor Connor Ben's been yeah. matched really well, which is. I think that's the interesting thing in this fight that Conor Ben has been matched perfectly by matching. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way. I think they've 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 really built his career up in the right way. I think if you look at his early fights, mm-hmm. um, I remember I remember watching his early fights. He fought a guy called Paynard, like some some French dude, I believe, and they just went to fucking war. I think they knocked each other down in the fight like three times each or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I be- so and Conor Ben after the fight said he went to the locker room and he was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And since then, he's mm. come on so much. We saw this fight. Yeah. Was that, that was Conor Ben, wasn't it? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. And since then, Conor Ben's come on so much. And I think a lot of that is because he's been matched progressively where they've, they've mm. sort of built him up, built him up, built him up. And he's always gone up in That's good. the ability of who he's facing. And then obviously when he's beat the guys like of the ilk of like Chris Algieri now. So he's definitely shown massive, massive improvements. So I think his next real progressive step is to really step up and then maybe fights the life of someone like a, a Boots mm. at 147 or a yeah. Thurman at 147 Definitely. maybe a Danny Garcia somewhere down the line but they're legitimate monsters yeah, those are all big le- names le- yeah legitimate all monsters America's 
horrible for the welterweight division. Like, it's, there's so many monsters there. So, and that's obviously without touching Spence and Crawford, yeah, which say, is obviously Spence, early man. to be speaking yeah. about that. But that's if Conor Ben, three. yeah, that's three, by the way. <laughs> if Conor Ben fights one of them guys and doesn't do well, yeah, he then has to build back up in the welterweight division. He goes up now to 156, mm-hmm. fights Chris Eubank Jr., wins. Conor Ben becomes the biggest star in the UK, hands down. Oh yeah, pay per view yeah. star, everything. 100%, 100%. If he loses. It's fine. He fought some. He fought Chris Eubank Jr. at 156. It was a size that made the difference. Yeah. He goes back down to 147. Still a star. It's almost the equivalent of what sort of AJ went through with Klitschko, maybe. No, well, maybe not the way. Because it's not. It's not really a pass for the torches in. No, but if AJ lost, if AJ lost against Klitschko, he would have been done. Yeah. Not done, but it, it would have been yeah, really yeah, fucked yeah, up yeah. for his career. Because Eubank still has. Um... Well, Eubank still sort of say not saying his prime because he's not, but he's still. Very much in it, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And, and he's got the same issues whereby yeah. he can... I was weight-drained. I'll go back up to 160 or 168, yeah. and I'm still good. I'm still a star. But there's also, I think, probably a difference in... Does, does, does Eubank Sr.? No, I'm not saying. Um, who's Conor Ben's coach? Uh, Sims, yeah. Sims, Sims, yeah. I mean, if you compare that to who Eubank Jr. has in his corner, because Eubank Jr. has, I believe, Roy, Roy Jones. Yeah, he does. Which he does. Is, you know, a factor. And you but, can even see when he fights, he, he mirrors his movement a little bit, doesn't he? With, excuse me, with Conor Ben and Tony Sims, they've, they've had a great relationship from the start of, oh, okay. from Ben's career. And he's a great coach. Mm. With Eubank, yep. he's never had, really never had a coach. He's been seen telling his coach to shut up in the corner right. when they're trying to give him advice. Obviously, he's had his dad in his corner sometimes and no disrespect to his dad, but he just fucking tells him like waffle in the corner mm. and then now he's got Roy Jones Jr and he has looked good in recent fights but in his in his fight against Liam Williams where he had Jones in his corner he, he he knocked Williams down with a jab I think in the second round or the first round very early in the fight and he could have got him out of there but he didn't and he right. couldn't he was, he was throwing that flashy jab he was trying to showboat a little bit too much and he didn't mm. he didn't he didn't have that killer in him where yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. Connor, if Connor hurts him in the fight Connor's going to fucking put it on him Connor's yeah, not going to yeah. step off him and Try and show about this and that. Connor's going to fucking go in there to kill him. Well, you can see what he did to Chris Algieri. I mean, he smoked him. Yeah, exactly, I mean, exactly. I was like, and that Van der Herd and everyone. He, he fucks people a, up. Connor fucks people up. That was a terrifying knockout. That was. Um, yeah, yeah. This it's an interesting one. How old is Connor? But he's not old. He's young, isn't he? Yeah, very young. Yeah, he is. What? Let's have a look. Twenty-five. Twenty-five is young, man. He hasn't really even hit his physical prime. No, not at all, not at all. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's young, but it's also, I mean, he's young, but it's also not, it's not, uh, it's not mega young, you know, 25 is... He's experienced, he's like experienced, he yeah. but he is, he's still a, uh, he's still a fucking baby in terms of boxing, yeah, where yeah. he can go, and what he can do. Yeah, I, th- I agree. Imagine that, yeah. That'll be interesting. For sure, and Chris Eubank is thirty two, so he's mm-hmm. just probably leaving his physical prime now. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Two losses on his his record: yeah. Groves and Billy Joe Saunders. Whenever he's really stepped up, stepped up, yeah, he's yeah. always come up short. Both of them, both of them guys, he obviously didn't have Roy Jones in his corner, mm. so that that could be a different difference in the fight. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, only I, two losses, isn't that? I mean, that's that's fine. One of them came to beat you. you Billy Joe Saunders and George Groves are both great, 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 great yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah. George, George Groves is your your boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah, he's probably my 
he's up there, one of my favourite boxers, especially when he was active. I thought he had a great job, great boxing brain, great overhand right. Like, he's a good personality as well. He had an interesting style of it where he, he'd, he'd have that uh, classic, uh, like, he, he fought orthodox, right? I think, yeah, so. Left hand down. Yeah, he, say, he, right hand up, and then he kind of sneak that left hook in. Yeah, he was very um, Adam Booth. Yeah, low, low pioneer, knee hand pioneer of the yeah. Adam Booth style, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was doing it before all the guys with, with like Ryan Burnett and Josh Kelly and all those guys were pulling. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it was, was him and David Haight. The OG was uh, that was that was the that was like a I don't want to say threesome, but yeah, they were like the threesome. Yeah, the three musketeers. Yeah, well, he trained under Adam Booth, did he? George Groves. Yeah, he was with Booth. For Booth with a, for a very long time, and then um, him and Booth had a big fallout before the oh, uh, Carl Froch fight. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Ooh, so um, the story goes, and this is from George Groves on a podcast. It's on YouTube. I forgot who it is with Tristics, I think. Um, they'd agreed the Carl Froch fight, and they were supposed to go down to the press conference. And I think I think they may have had some disagreements previously about money and stuff. But I may, I may be getting that wrong. Um, if we had Jamie here, I'd be like, Jamie, check it up. Young Jamie, look that up. But Ben will be your Jamie. Or Isaac. Or Isaac, yeah. We'll see who's who's a cheaper option. Yeah, exactly. Well, none of them are getting paid, but yeah. Um, <laughs> pay them in weed. <laughs> Where was I? Um, George Groves, Adam Booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that had some slight disagreements within the gym beforehand, but on the day of the press conference... <coughs> Booth said to Groves he's not going with him so obviously being his coach they're, they're going to do a big TV yeah. press conference he needed his coach with him on the table yeah. so if you remember Groves turns up on his own mm. I think Eddie Hearn says to Groves oh I've heard Froch is not with you anymore uh, sorry I heard Booth's not with you anymore mm-hmm. and Groves was like oh shit okay maybe that's the case then, or something like that so then then he's, he's gone into that fight with Paddy Paddy fucking someone yeah, yeah, yeah. some other guy who did great in the first fight stopped early in my opinion um, agree put Frush down with a six shot in the first round just like yeah. he said he was going to do <clears throat> battered him for five six rounds battered him yeah and then had the big rematch <clears throat> Wembley at Wembley in front of 8,000 people yeah yeah again not, not with Booth and then, then they never yeah they never yeah and hmm. I believe they're not even speaking now interesting I think that moment of uh, we can all have a push to pull we'll probably live forever the classic yeah, 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 yeah. I think that... So there's two points, right? In, in, in the first fight, they were on ringside and Groves absolutely fucking made Frotch look like a, an idiot. And he was right. like, oh, he's going to cry. Why is he going to cry? And Frotch is like blinking his eyes trying to stop himself crying. <laughs> and then he's, then he's trying to ask Adam to get involved. Oh, no. And it's funny, but in, in that fight, it felt like George had beaten him then. And then in the second fight, mm-hmm. when they did the push and the pull and, and Carl's almost yeah. turned the tables and pulled him yeah 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 and you could see it in George's face when he got pulled like that then he was lost and he, he looked like he'd, yeah, he he'd just, lost yeah, he, yeah, he, he was confused he it was the first it, time yeah. he was like oh shit this guy's just one up to me but I think we were having this oh, it must have been a few it must have been probably last year or something but you were kind of saying that George Groves actually kind of like candidly came out after about well, yeah, yeah, out, yeah 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 so that he'd been doing media all day he was tired yeah I think it might have been that same interview I was talking then, about earlier yeah. where he said that as well he said I've been doing media all day you don't know what it's like when you've, when you've got a fight like that it's constant media, constant fucking interviews, everything. And he said, I was tired. I didn't really want to do the, the face-off thing. Yeah, that must have been the gloves are off or something. It was the gloves are off, yeah. yeah. Um, and he said, as soon as it happened, I thought, fuck. He's just done me here now. It's on TV. He's done me. Yeah. 
because it is it is one of them and yeah, it's like yeah, if, yeah. if you if you did do that to me in the pub or something you had just been done in it mm. all the boys are gonna laugh at you <laughs> and it's just happened to him on sky biggest fight fucking ever it's hard, man. You gotta, there's small little traits of uh, when you fight, man. It's not like but Froch, to his benefit and to his credit as well, before that fight, he hired... So after the, sec- the first fight, sorry, and before the second fight, he hired a sports psychologist because yeah, he got right. so psychologically involved and, and fucked up from the first fight and the mm. build-up and Groves was in his head. Groves bullied him in the, in the first build-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because Froch had allowed that to happen, he says that's why he performed so badly in the fight. So he got a sports psychologist, and which is why in the, in the build-up to the second one, he's so cool, yeah, elusive. Yeah. He's, he's just removed from it all. Nothing yeah. really emotionally gets to him. And that's, oh, his demeanor was much different. Exactly. And that's where he got the... Not where he got the move from, the fucking we can all have push and pull, but he yeah. was more confident. He was... Do you know what I mean? Nothing yeah, was angering yeah. him. So when he, when he got pulled, he didn't react in an angry way. He reacted in a clever way. Yeah, I mean, it was even... And you can see the way the fight unfolded because the first one was kind of chaotic, wasn't it? I mean, he got knocked down early on. That was it, yeah. He got and knocked then, down and then and it was then chaos. And then came, came back after... Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a chaotic fight, right? Against the ropes, all, all over the place. And the second fight was quite quite a technical showdown, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of, uh, I mean, until the knockout, of course. Which was... It, it, it was picture perfect. So right hand, boom. Yeah. Floored, floored George. I met George Grove once. Yeah, you mentioned where... Yeah, where, where, yeah. Where? We was in Vista. I was taking my mum to Vista. She was doing some shopping. Um... And he, I think we was about to leave. He was in the car, and the geezer just walked past. George Rose, he was with his wife, and he was pushing the pram or something. And I seen him, and I was like, oh, he looks like George Rose. And then it was him. Nice. So I was like, F-. this was so early days back for as well. Like, we were still packing out the garage. I don't think, even think we had launched yet, to be fair. But I had a um, Black Whitaker, the old school one. But yeah, I'd run over to him, got a picture of him, and I was like, oh, I'm your like, fucking biggest fan, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? And uh, he'd just fought... Um, Gutnick. Oh, was he still active, was he? Yeah, yeah, he just fought Gutnick, who was a guy that, that got fucked up after George Rose fought him. He went into a coma mm. and he had all them health problems. So he, George was a little bit removed. Nice. Um, and as you said to him, it was a good form of shame about what happened to him. And he was like, yeah, yeah and I can't remember what he said, but he didn't want to really engage in it. And then I just got a photo with him. Sick. And I was like to him, because I just, I think in the photo, I still had long hair, but we just lost a bet. Me and Ben had a bet. Oh, no. And I said George Rose was going to win a world title within a year. And he didn't win the world title within the year. And I said to Groves, I've got to shave my head because of you. And he just started laughing. I don't think he really believed me, but I should have shown him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think we, who did we see in, uh, in Amsterdam a few weeks ago, a few months ago? Remind me his name, Fought Roy Calzaghi. Jones, Calzaghi. So called Joe Calzaghi just complete. well, maybe we shouldn't say this on the line, so to say, but we're all really high on some, I don't know. Well, yeah, we were yeah, high. Of course, man. Yeah, we smoked a lot of weed. I'm so high we right now. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we all smoked a lot of weed, and in Amsterdam, we just saw him walking down the canal with his son, was Joe Calzaghi, also munged out of his head with his son. So that was quite funny. I don't Allegedly, you, I didn't. I didn't run after him. You ran after him, and said, "I don't know if." You yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, me and Ben just said hello to him. What a great guy! <laughs> um, yeah. Great guy, one of Britain's all-time greats. Yeah, what time? Yeah? Twenty-seven minutes. Yeah. Call it there. Yeah, what do you think, yeah? Well done. Well done. Boy. Fuck y'all. Never said we weren't going to make it. Fuck y'all. <laughs>